Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. How about some great new inventory? Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Outstanding. Wide variety. Then a great array of pre-owned vehicles. All with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Fabulous sales staff. They work with you and your budget. Look, do they want to make the sale? Of course they do. But you know what? The way to get repeat business, which they have a lot, is to do it right. And that's what the Sunbury Motors sales staff does. They do it right. Hey, you're the customer. So what your needs are become their needs. And a fabulous service department to back it all up. Like, oh, I just bought a car. Why do they need the service department? Well, you're going to need oil changes and things like that along the way to make sure it keeps humming along, among other things. All right. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day. Turnbull sets the 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss! History! Spencer Turnbull has become the sixth Tiger pitcher to throw the eighth no-hitter in franchise history. His teammates burst out of the dugout and mob him at the mound. How about it? That'll be the Tigers' highlight of the year. It is the second time the Mariners have been no-hit this year. It is the fifth no-hitter in baseball with nine innings, and the sixth, including Madison Bumgarner's no-hitter that went seven innings. It is the first time in the history of baseball there have been five no-hitters before Memorial Day. Hmm. We go back to Friday's show while Matt and Kevin are fooling around with headlines. I'll come up with serious headlines. Mine was, there'll be another no-hitter next week. (sighs) What are you, like five for six since we started doing this? I just don't want to get into it. All right. Um, (laughs) Okay. So now let's, can we get into something that is silly to get into, but I'm going to get into anyway. And it is Tony La Russa getting ripped now by Major League players, fans, and by media for baseball's unwritten rules. And, of course, you know I'm not a big believer in unwritten rules. So this writer from Sporting News, Joe Rivera, who does very good work, but he's also blunt in his assessment. He writes, quote, another stupid baseball drama played out by fragile egos and dumb inconsequential logic was somewhat spirited by La Russa, who seemingly supported the Twins trying to enact dumb baseball justice when Tyler Duffy threw behind Yermin Mercedes on Tuesday night. I'm going to get to that in a moment. 
Larusa continued his shilling on Wednesday, seemingly trying to big league, no pun intended, starting pitcher Lance Lynn in a Wednesday news conference. Lynn last night said there are no rules when a position player is pitching, adding, the more I play this game, the more those unwritten rules have gone away. Larusa said of those remarks, Lance has a locker, I have an office. I don't agree. Okay. Mercedes had a three-run homer in a blowout of the Twins on Monday. I think it was, what, 15-4, to 16-4, some number like that. Off-position player, Williams Estadio. Okay. There's a lot left out in this story, of which I will get to in a moment, including a fact in here that a lot of people don't realize. He then writes, and see, this is where it gets really personal. LaRusa, 76, recently thought out of cryogenic deep sleep by White Sox owner Jerry Reinsdorf as a manager from a bygone fake tough guy baseball era who seemingly has trouble grasping the changing ways in baseball. By the way, the White Sox are in first place. So uh, let's get to the basics on this. Number one, who disrespected the game more, the Twins by putting in a position player to pitch or Mercedes hitting on a 3-0 count? Who disrespected the game more? Oh, we were out of pitchers. You're out of pitchers? Well, you're out of pitchers because that's your fault. So you got a position player in there. What are you going to do? What are you supposed to do? Okay, if his job is to pitch, your job is to hit. What are you supposed to just put the bat down? Now let's tell you where where Mercedes, all right? This is where he went wrong, because there is actually two sides to this. And this is where your main Mercedes went wrong. The manager who manages the team, is in charge, gave him the take sign, and he ignored it. So Mercedes is wrong because you're given the take sign for whatever reason the manager wants to give, he can give. He gave him the take sign, he ignored it. You can't do that. That's not your job to do that. That's why he's the manager. You're the player, he's the manager. He gives you the take sign, he gives you the take sign. Does it matter whether you agree with it or not? Okay. He was hired to manage the team. You're hired to play the game. So he gave him the take sign. So that is where Mercedes is wrong. He ignored the take sign just did his own thing. I don't care what you think. I'm going to do what I want. Well, that's not how you play. Conversely, I don't care what the score is. You put a position player in to pitch because you want to save your, oh, it's brilliant, you're saving your bullpen, blah, blah, blah. What's the other team supposed to do? Lay the bat down, let the guy just lob the ball over? Who's, who's disrespecting the game more? Putting a non-pitcher out there who's lobbing the ball over the plate? Nobody talks about that. Now let's get to Tyler Duffy. He threw behind Mercedes last night. We just came off a game where Kevin Pillar was hit in the face and has nasal nasal fractures. 
and there was no intent, zero. The ball just got away from a guy that had pretty good control that night. It was the bases loaded. He doesn't want to hit him. Hit him in the face. So you're throwing behind somebody now? No. Just go out and pitch and play the game. You can't throw behind a guy. Tyler Duffy's wrong. You just had a guy. What? I mean, oh, well, they're major league. Are we talking about the, the kid for the Braves? Oh, I can't remember the name of the pitcher. But Kevin Pillar is at the plate, and he I think he's it's 0-2-1-2, something like that. And the bases are loaded, so he's trying to work out of it. Okay? And it just got away from him, and it hit him right in the face. Nasal fractures, who knows how long Pillar is going to be out. And the pitcher was shaken up beyond words. So a guy had been showing in the entire inning good control, power, good control, power. One got away. Well, he threw it behind him. Well, what if it got away from him? What if it got away from him? What if he didn't throw it far enough? Hey, I'm sorry. Stuff like that. So the Twins, to me, are wrong on two fronts here. They sent a position player in, like, hey, let us get away with it. Okay, your job is to hit. Now, again, Mercedes is wrong because... He had a take sign and ignored it and just did his own thing. The Twins are wrong. They put a position player in there expecting that he's just going to lay the bat down and leave. His job's to pitch, your job's to hit. And then they throw behind a hitter, behind, throw behind Mercedes last night. There's a lot of wrong to go around here, and not just the get-off-my-lawn deal when it comes to Larusa. says, players, fans, analysts, aren't in agreement with LaRusso's methodologies with plenty of tweeters voicing their displeasure of Tony LaRusso's words or attitude, which, of course, falls under the category of who cares. Um, and, I mean, to me, I mean, I, I look at that, if Mercedes... Doesn't ignore the take sign. Then I'm looking at Tony the ruler said, Well, what are you doing? And with all this stuff, then now their pitcher throws behind your hitter. You can't do that. Now, you know, Rocco Baldelli got thrown out of the game. You know, everybody, you know, played out. But there's just so much wrong in this. It just makes no sense. I mean, who disrespected the game more? You put a position player in the pitch, it's not a pitcher. Guy hit a home run. Whose fault's that? <laughs> I mean, seriously, whose fault is it? Hey, there are a lot of dumb rules. I mean, don't run up the score in a blowout. Um, you know, remember, of course, it's a game that doesn't have any time to it. There's not a clock. Don't bunt during a no-hitter. Nobody bunts anyway until September. Don't show up the other team. 
retaliate, retaliate, retaliate. So, guy watches his home run too long, disrespect. Guy flips the bat, disrespect. Guy swings too hard, disrespect. On and on and on. Stop hating fun. Hear that, Matt? Stop hating fun. Got to got to take this away from you. Take away your hate. <laughs> In this case, yes. I hate the unwritten rules too, in regard to baseball. Most of them are stupid. Oh, they are. Yeah, totally. Um, but again, uh, there's a couple. There's a couple elements here. Number one, he gives the take sign. Mercedes ignores it, swings, and you notice that's not in the story. He gave him the take sign. It's three up. Well, who's in charge here? We hired him to be in charge. We didn't hire you to be in charge. We entire we hired you to be a hitter. So that's one. Okay. Now, if there's no take sign, I don't care if he hits it out in a 3-0 pitch. Could care less. He threw it. That's his job. Your job's to hit. Sorry. <laughs> you never tell people not to do their job. That's not how things work in life. As much as I've tried to tell that to the corner office. Who's perfected it? <laughs> uh, and then you throw behind a guy. One day after, a guy got hit in the face with a pitch because a pitcher who had seemingly really good control lost one. Well, you're trying to throw it behind him. What if you accidentally lose it and throw it to the wrong spot? <laughs> Come on. There's enough wrong to go around here to last a lifetime in a in a bunch of different fronts. No, oh, well. All right. Now, maybe you have a different opinion on it, but I just think that, you know, I, I'm also getting, a, you know, I'm not big on the unwritten rules of baseball at all. I don't. Um, but I'm also getting a little bit taken aback by if anybody of age has an opinion Immediately, immediately they get hit with the you know get off my lawn stuff, and I'm kind of getting sick and tired of it. Just because you're young and you think there's a way to do things, right? There are multiple ways to do things. Yours happens to be one of them. Yeah, for me, Larusso needs to get off his high horse. And I wouldn't have fired him in the first place. I think his time in baseball has gone coming past, and he's outweighed his time. Uh, his team's in first place. I just think with the way he goes about doing his job, I'm not saying he's doing a bad job specifically with the White Sox. They're doing good. But his team is in first place. I know. I I get he, that. But not, I'm it's saying not like this, 
it's not like this guy is gumming the game up. No, I, I, but I, I don't know. I just I just think he's just too old school and doesn't really still in these types of situations understand the way the game is played today. Like, so what? I mean, yes. You yes, you should listen to your manager. If he's giving you the take sign, take it. I I, I get that, but the dude hit a home run, <laughs> and he, and he knows what the situation is out there. So look, the the, the you just the don't, There's no need to overreact. If you right. want to say, hey, uh, nice hit the home run, but next time it, take the take sign, please. You know, do something like that. Don't ma- don't call him clueless. I mean, that's clueless on his part, to be honest with you. What to give him the take sign, or or to expect that when he gives the take sign, the player will do it to he give him the take do. sign in that situation. Yeah, but I the mean, take sign, the the take sign in three zero is given all the time. I know that, but in in this situation, like you, you know, you know, you're not facing a, a quality pitcher. Take a shot. Why not? Yeah, you can argue with that, but the fact that the player looked at him and said, hey, "Heck with you, I'm going to do what I want." If he had. Missed the pitch, grounded out, made any sort of out, and you call him clueless, then there's a little bit more incentive to to be upset about that. But the dude hit a home run. So he still he still ignored the edict of the manager. You're right, but take that in house. I mean, in other words, this is the equivalent of look, hey guys. Uh, end of the game, take a knee, and the quarterback takes the ball and he throws an 80-yard touchdown pass. All I'm saying is, he's still, and it, it's like, it's like in basketball where you, you tell a guy, don't take a shot, and it goes in. Okay, don't do it next time. No, it, I wouldn't. Not me. I don't tell him. I just, hey, look, it's the end. It's just what you're going to do. I'm not even going to give signs. The only thing I'm going to tell my team if I'm up 15 to four is, guys. Unless it's a pass ball wild pitch, don't steal a base. Anything else is fair game. Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty much how okay. I would take it myself. I mean, I mean, I mean. So in that part of it, I'm like, okay. okay. But the fact is, he gave a sign, right? Well, if you give a sign, it's your job to like, okay, I don't, ah, darn it, I don't agree with this, but you know what? It's his team, so I'll, you know, I'll do what he asked. Okay, uh, but he ignored him. I think that's part of why Larusse is mad. But in other words, to me, I wouldn't give the sign. I'd be like, "Hey, just go up and hit. Don't worry about it. I don't care." The guy's lobbing the ball over the play. I said, "Destroy it. Get out of here." Right? I mean, again, as I pointed out, who's disrespecting the game more? They put a position player in the pitch. Absolutely. Right. Which I mean, is why you shouldn't give him the take sign. Just let him hit. I know. I agree with you. So then, don't, he, so if he, even if he but, gets but the home the bottom, run, don't call him clueless in public. Just say, "Hey, Holmes, hey, nice job with the home run. Next time, follow my sign." That's all you have to say. You don't have to call him clueless and make this whole big saga out of nothing. This is not 1970, Tony Larusa. Yeah, when stuff happens it, like this, this will go on for days. You shouldn't be except, surprised by this. He is totally pe- naive. Except people are made a big deal out of the 3-0 count when it happened. Uh, what are they disrespecting the game for? Da, 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 da. And then all of a sudden he chimed in. So it already had started. Now it's all against La Russa. Um, 
Now, the, it's, what's, what's interesting about LaRusa, yes, he is 76. Yes, he's old school. He's also forgotten more baseball than the people writing about him now. <laughs> hey. There's that, too. <laughs> hey, no offense. I know I have never met Tony LaRusa, but I do know a bunch of guys that have coached with Tony LaRusa. I know a bunch of them. Because remember, I've done games for years in the Cardinals organization. So a lot of guys had coached with him. Right. And believe me, they swear by him. Swear by him about what he knows and how how he handles things. Now, uh, but I will say this: I'm getting a little sick and tired, to be honest with you. And I'm I look when it comes to modern whatever, you know darn well that I'm like, hey, I think that's a good idea. That's a good idea. Not all the new ideas are great ideas. All right. There are a bunch of the new ideas that are great ideas. There's also a series of new ideas that are awful ideas. Not every old idea is a bad idea or outdated. Some old ideas are staples that that carry on because they've stood the test of time. There are other old ideas that are bad ideas. (laughs) That's the simplest way to explain it. But the problem with people who are involved in analytics or how the game is played today, that they think there is one way to do it, and that's the only way to do it. And they're trying to shove it down everybody's throat. And I'm getting sick and tired. Like, hey, excuse me. Hey, just because you think there's one way, guess what? I got like all these years of experience to tell you there's a lot of ways to do things that work. I'm with you on that one, too. Yours happens to be, by the way, one of them. Some of your ideas are a way to win, no doubt. All right, we'll take a break. Bottom of the hour. Great to have you with us. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. By the way, did you see a Marv Albert worked last night, I think, with Grand Hill. Grand Hill, by the way, I think when he's in a two-man booth, gets better and better all the time. But the czar of the Telestrator, Mike Fratello, works with Marv on tomorrow night's Pacers-Wizards game. A little slice of the old days. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online... With SunburyMotors.com, go out to the lot, start dreaming, and guess what? They can make the dream come true. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at SunburyMotors.com. All right, great to have you with us on the show today. And the uh, uh, ESPN's lead NBA producer, Tim Corrigan, uh, said that the new goal for next year is to have announcers in arenas for every game. Good. Uh, Jim Dolan, by the way, is going to... I don't know how they're going to do it, but they're going to honor Marv Albert at the Garden at some point. 
And at the other end, let's go to, to the youth side. Is that uh, ESPN? Leah Hextall is going to do NHL play-by-play beginning next season for ESPN on hockey. So good for her. That is great. We thought we'd throw that in there as well. Um, I wanted to also go with safe areas that I thought Matt wouldn't hate. <laughs> no, that's all good stuff. Well, I'm glad you approve. <laughs> Very important. Very important that you approve. <laughs> You're scaring me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. So you don't like the NBA playoff thing tonight, although tonight you have the Lakers and Golden State. I don't like it either. I think you look. You get to the season. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, you got one through eight. They make it. You know, having this where you get to play in at the end, I'm like, I mean, I know baseball has the, but baseball has a limited number of teams in the playoffs to begin with. Now, baseball wants to, in the next contract, expand to 14 playoff teams. That's what they want to do. This year, there'll be 10. But when you're at 10, that is a limited number. That's one-third as opposed to having teams 18 through 20 play, which are on the verge of getting to the bottom one-third. Yeah, 14's too much. For baseball? Yes. But that's where the money is, Matt. You I know. Can't, you, you, okay, salaries are not going down. They are not going down. And the base, the agreement between the two is that when they put in this expanded playoff and allow the players the opportunity to make more money, they're going to approve it. And that's what it, that's literally what it comes down to. That's literally what it comes down to, is the ability to make money. And that's what the expanded playoffs are in every sport. That's where you, you know, you, you know next, next season you'll get more money from attendance. Next season... I mean, there's no question you're going to. But everybody's fallen way behind. Everybody has. And we're at the point right now where there's new CDC guidance. Uh, Somebody said that they went into Walmart. A Walmart. This was not here, by the way. And when they went in, CDC put out the guidance this person said 90% of the people still had on a mask, 10% didn't. So now you're fighting through that at the moment. You have minor league baseball teams. Joe Putnam, by the way, is going to join us on Friday. Minor league baseball teams aching to go to 100%, and they're going to. But the Pirates aren't going to 100%, I don't think, until July 1. What? No offense, but doesn't matter. <laughs> Uh, it do, it does matter. It does matter because of perception, not because of you and I don't think they can fill the ballpark. Okay, that's not the point. The point is they're not doing it till then. Really? Now the Indianapolis five hundred, where like cars just go around in a circle and don't actually go anywhere. Like I mean, I mean nobody. I mean nobody makes a right turn except to come out of the pits, and even then they crash. I got to turn right. 
Yeah, just get out of the pit. So all you do is quick like down there. Yeah, see, take the wheel, turn it this way. Oh, but there's another car. Now nah, just go through them. Oh, my almighty! <sighs> Suit's favorite sport. I'm worried about it. But they just make left turns. First guy to make 800 success, successful less turns usually wins. It's kind of a simple rule, I think. But that's on Memorial Day, and they're allowing what? Is it half or 40%? The number's going to be 135,000. So they're not changing. But the state college spikes are going 100 on May 31. The Williamsport Crosscutters are going 100. And I'm not sure when their first home game is. So we'll, uh, their first home game after the Memorial Day. But they're going to go to 100. Altoona Curve's going to go to 100. Redding's going to 100. I think, I think the Phillies are, right? Yes, by mid-June, I believe. And so will Wells Fargo Center for the Sixers. Why mid-June? I think it was more with the city of Philadelphia than the state. So, like, two weeks makes a difference? I think June 11th. Well, I'll have to double-check that, but I think June 11th was the date. Now, the Philly, I don't know if the Phillies are on the road from June 1 to 10, are they? I will have to look. Well, if you're going to make a bold statement like that, I figured you'd have some facts. <laughs> yes. Sixers, Phillies to have full fan capacity starting June 11. Okay. So I'm going to guess the Phillies are not home before June 11. Now, they may be home like June 1, 2, 3, 4. All right. They may have that. Um so they, you know, you may have that part. Let's see. May, well, let's go to June. The I Phillies the are home, schedule. yeah. They're home right now. Well, that doesn't matter. They wouldn't be home at that point. you got to be kidding me. The Phillies in the month of June are home a lot. So the 4th, 5th, yeah. and 6th with the Nationals, 8, 9, 10 with the Braves, they're off June 11th anyway. Oh, and then when the... Almighty Yankees come to town. Let's have a full house. Come on out and watch the best team money can buy. You see the timing. And then they're on the road. They go to Los Angeles and San Francisco. They get two games with a full house. Then they go on the road. In fact, the rest of the month, the rest of the month, they only have, after they go to 100, they only have six home games the rest of the month. Yankees, yep. Yankees, 22nd, 23rd Nationals, 29th and 30th, the Marlins. And then once they get to July, that's at Marlins takes part of a homestand. Then they got the uh, Padres for three. Then they go to the Cubs, they go to Fenway, then the All-Star break. Then they come back and they've got three games with the Marlins, two with the Yankees, and then they have a long homestand. Braves for three, Braves for four, Nationals for four. Then they have a breather in the schedule there at the Pirates. Right. So beginning May 21st, it's it's part of a two-phase process implemented now by the city of Philadelphia. So beginning May 21st, stadiums and arenas will be allowed to host crowds at 50% capacity. Then yeah. June 11th, it's full. 
Well, have had more trouble down there than they, than the rest of the state has. So, um, yes, you know, the Phillies have to go along with whatever. It has to be frustrating. Look, I mean, I've had people asking me, like, well, what do you think about? I don't know what Penn State's going to decide, but there's also time to decide. Uh, I was in a meeting about the State College Quarterback Club. And they said, well, what are we going to do about Zoom versus in-person? I said, look, let the university make the decision on how many people are allowed to go to a game to begin with. And there's a board of trustees meeting that is scheduled for, let's see, I'm going to calculate the dates of my head here. Oh, let's see, uh, four, five, two, uh, right around July 16. I think it's July 15, 16 is the Board of Trustees meeting. I said, so let's have a meeting after that. So we're going to have a meeting July 22nd. Because you figure at that point, by July 15, 16, you have to have something in place because you do have to get tickets out to whatever percentage of people you're going to have, either it's 100 or 75, whatever it may be, or what the seating plan is. Especially for the Auburn game. Well, especially for any game. Right, but particularly the Auburn game because it's nationally televised now. Yeah, but that, that to be honest with you, that has nothing to do with this. This has to do with, you know, there's so many season tickets for Penn State football. You can't have a percentage in there because that, that may preclude some season ticket holders from not being able to attend every game. So you have to have it in place in some form by mid-July. You have to. Because you have 107,000 seats that you have to look at, and then what is the then what is the policy on single game tickets going to be? There's a lot of things they have them that they've been working on, but at some point somebody will have to make a decision, probably at the board of trustees level, probably, as to what you can and can't do. I mean, I know the Auburn games at the front, but the Ball State games in front of that. What's the difference between the two? And seriously, what's the difference between the two? If you have sold 100,000 seats for each game, what's the difference? How many people have season tickets? Season tickets means you're going to all seven games. Or at least you have the opportunity to go to all seven games. Now, Matt would go to all seven games. He's a diehard. (laughs) Suits become very selective. I mean, there are some Shikolimi games that, like, mentally he's not there. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's not true! <laughs> I'm engaged! I got awards! All right. <laughs> but you see what I mean? They have to make that decision, because it's not just, oh, hey, we're going to have 107000 for Auburn. Well, you're not going to have 20000 for Ball State. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, you know, you have to, you know, so you have to come up. What what is the final seating arrangement number you're going to have? And I think that what we'll see is is that between Pittsburgh and the Phillies, I think they will set the tone as to, hey, look, a hundred percent is working. Oh, look, a hundred percent is not working. And so I think they'll help in making the decision. How about that? The Kentucky Derby came and went. Nothing happened. I mean, you had 60,000 people there. All close quarter came and went. Nothing happened. I think that is a that is an indicator that you can make this work. 
now we have to see what decision they make, and then we'll go from there. Right? People, people. Last night we had to do these um, Zoom calls. Last night I told Matt about it, and so I was my Zoom call was with Ty Howell. We had a lot of fun with the fans, but people are asking you about you know is the Auburn game the whiteout? Is it? Man, they haven't even decided how many people are in the stadium yet. <laughs> Right, like let's get to the basics here. Let's start with like what's the number. Then you can start deciding whether it's Military Appreciation Day or not. You know, what I mean, it's like seriously. <laughs> People are itching, Steve. Well, you don't think I don't know it? But I'm not the decision maker. <laughs> you know, Ty and I are sitting there like, hey, look, we can't answer that question. That's way above our pay grade. Way above our pay grade. <laughs> hey, my goodness. Hey, the suit just gave me the take sign, told me I have to go to a break. Now, since he's the manager, I could either blow it off because I think it's the right thing to do, or I can just do because the company needs it. So back with more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. So we're in a staff meeting with the suit, and he, he strongly suggested that he wanted to start paying us in Bitcoin. And I, and today it plunged thirty five percent. I mean, I just he scares me. <laughs> oh, my Almighty! I like, I said no. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's frightening, uh, you know. I mean, even Bullers the dog heard the, the, the suggestion. Dog walked out. Get the lingerie on the deck. Uh, Call the janitor. I mean, it's, then he screamed out, what about Dogecoin? Oh, and at, the, at that point, we're, we were done. All right, so. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. It's just it's frightening. It's, I find it frightening. All right. Great to have you with us on the show today. The NBA will dominate tonight because of the big matchup between the Lakers and the Warriors, but that's at 10 o'clock. Yeah, I was going to say, will they really? Good job, NBA. 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, but it's but that's see, that's the problem with the Pac-12. Pac-12's biggest problem over the years is they're a West Coast time zone. So it's hard to, to put games into, into great spots. That's why they fooled around with it, and I thought it was, I said, you have to be kidding me. They played, what, one, two games last year at 9 a.m. local time so they could be on at noon? Are you kidding me? No. 
Uh, so now let's get to the Warriors and Lakers. It's at 10 o'clock. It's 7 o'clock there. When, when do you propose to play it? You do it 6 o'clock there, 9 o'clock here. Because they had six. one of the games last night was 6. We're 6 or 6.30. You make it you make it 6 o'clock there, 9 o'clock here, and we're all, we're all solved. You make the other game on the East yeah. Coast at 6. But, but that it was it's, the first game was at 6.30? Yeah, I think there were 6.30 and 9. I don't know why we, we can't just make it 6 and 9. Uh, do, 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 do. Well, of course, it's ESPN, but also there are local broadcast considerations. I don't know because what ESPN do, it's not an exclusive tonight. Right. So there are local broadcast considerations. Are you wiping out potentially uh, the profitable local news to do it? I guess that's a possibility. But all I'm saying is if you started at 9, then you get people to think, okay, I can watch the first hour. I, I understand. I understand. It's just a hard decision to make because the timing out west is so difficult. I mean, a lot of people don't realize 47% of the population lives in the eastern time zone. And uh, so you're losing out on that group of the population that may want to start watching it. And then, you know, and then it would get, I mean, they're not going to have a little guy like Luke yelling and screaming at 2 a.m. So daddy's (laughs) up watching the game anyway. I just think that... uh, I just think that the uh, it's always been an issue. That's why I've talked about why the Pac-12 has a lot of issues. Pac-12 has a lot of issues on the collegiate level because they, they can't play games at times where you have maximum number of people watching. I mean, Oregon will play at Ohio State this year. All right, well, that game is going to be played in an Eastern time zone. It's probably going to be on ABC. It's probably going to be at 730. There are going to be more people watching Oregon at that time. Had the game been out on the coast, it would have been more difficult to do. But that's, you know, I mean, that's the problem they have. I mean, it's, you know, and with the Lakers and the Warriors playing a game on a Wednesday night, I mean, I suppose you can flip it. But if you flip it to, like, 6.30, guess what? The game now is 3.30 in the afternoon out there. So, Tony LaRusso, would I have given the tag sign? No. I let him hit. I don't care. They want to throw a position player out there, pound him. <laughs> That's what I would have done. But if I'd given the take sign and he ignored it, I wouldn't have thrown him on the bus under the bus publicly, but I would have talked to him about it privately. How about that? I mean, that's how I would have handled it. 